This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I do want to have this conversation about uh, access to information and FOIP rules. Right, so typically as it works, I mean, really anyone can file a FOIP request to, to get certain documents pertaining to a certain subject. If that's information that the public is entitled to have. Now, different jurisdictions have different kinds of policies in, in terms of how this all works, or maybe in particular, how much this costs, and how much of this information should be uh, available anyway, without having to make such a request. Now, often what we see uh, in journalism, when reporters uncover something, when reporters get that scoop and expose some, some government wrongdoing, a lot of it involves this process. And, and then going looking for that, that certain bit of information that can maybe confirm what you've heard, maybe add context to a story. And, you know, it happens all the time. The new policy being discussed at City Hall would really change this, this whole process. And there's some concern about what it could mean for journalism. So this draft policy at, at City Hall would essentially see any information that's requested under the FOIP Act be given to the person requesting it, and then just be put out there for everybody to see. Now, defenders of this approach say it's transparent. But there's some real concern about uh, the impact it would have on investigative journalism. Uh, Michael Platt wrote a really interesting piece about this. You can find it at calgarysun.com. He's a news columnist for the Calgary Sun and Post Media and joins us on the line here this afternoon. Michael, good afternoon. Hey, Rob, how are you? I'm doing well. So, look, you've spent a long time uh, having to navigate the, the FOIP waters. Uh, what's involved in making a FOIP request, and, and what are the circumstances under which you, you might do so? Um, it, it's usually what's known as enterprise journalism, and it's uh, what happens. I mean, uh, you know, I, I know in an ideal world, uh, journalists are just there for the public good and getting this information out. The truth is we're human beings who want to excel at the job we're in. We, uh, you know, we're like anybody with any job. We, we want to impress the bosses. We want to feel good what we've done at the end of the day. And enterprise journalism is when a, a reporter, whether it's a press reporter, a TV reporter, lots of others these days, you know, gets an idea. Hey, you know, I wonder, I wonder how many gifts they've received at city council, and uh, what were those gifts? And I'm going to find out about that. And so, you know, you put together these requests, you pay your twenty-five dollars, and then you wait. Now, you know, it's sometimes days, sometimes weeks, sometimes months, and all of a sudden you'll get this information back. Um, and often, often it's nothing. Uh, you know, so many times FOIP requests turn into no story at all. But every so often, you've kind of hit a gold mine. Ah, this is a bit of information that's very interesting. Look at this particular counselor who uh, spent all this money buying Motley Crue tickets for their, uh, you know, their best friends. Uh, I think the public would be interested in that. You put that out there, you get that pat on the back for having the exclusive story. Uh, you feel good, and, and that's what you know. That's how we shine as journalists. It's part of the motivation. It's a very human motivation but that's one of the reasons we do it. Right, and part of the concern, though, is that when you get that information through the FOIP request, it it may not be the end of the story. It it may be something that confirms part of your story, maybe something that needs further investigation, further confirmation, that it's part of an ongoing process. Is, Is part of the concern here that dumping these documents and putting all that out there might, might short-circuit that investigation. 
And that's exactly right. That's one of the big things. I've spoken to a lot of journalists today and heard from a lot. Uh, you know, one of those things that you get that information back, that's not the end. I mean, uh, you know, that that might be, well, now that I know this, I better uh, actually look into information on these three things. Or I better interview these people to be fair, find out what this was, not just assume. When the rush to publish, and that's what would happen as soon as they put a timeline, they're going to dump this information. And, you know, and they're, they're talking about giving it a little delay, maybe 72 hours, maybe a week before it goes out public. That rush leads to bad, sloppy journalism. I mean, that's when you just, oh, I better get this information out without knowing the context. I better do it as quick as I can, not worry about the follow-up, not worry about the fairness. Um, you know, and that that's the other danger, as well as taking away the motivation for doing it in the first place. You know, we, we will keep doing it, but we'll be ever so quicker to publish this stuff without knowing what we're publishing. Okay, what about the notion, though, that this, this stuff is something the public should should have access to, hence the reason why you're reporting it in the first place, this argument that this is about transparency? Absolutely agree. I, I believe in utter transparency. I wish they would put every single document, email, post-it note, phone call. I, I want them all online, but I, I challenge anybody out there who's thinking that right now that, you know, this is what should happen. Go to calgary.ca and do a little search yourself just to see how that information that already is available, how inaccessible it is because you have no idea what you're looking for. Go type in a word like police or uh, sewers or swimming pools into calgary.ca and you will come up with thousands of documents and a lot of them are in uh, written in a language your average person can't understand and to sift through that information I, I mean you, you may as well uh, you know throw a set of encyclopedias at somebody and ask them to find a single word. So, you know, part of our job is to know the right questions to ask, uh, how to ask them, and to get that information. We zero in on what we need. Well, given all of that, I mean, just take, you know, the vast amount of emails that are sent within an organization like the city of Calgary. Would it even be feasible to post all of that in the first place? Well, I'd say absolutely not. And the other thing is, I mean, what would they post? There's questions we may have that they wouldn't consider information that they'd ever gather. I'm actually looking at the current list of FOIP requests that have gone to the city. They do publish these things. So you can see what people have requested. And this actually did not come from a journalist at all. This was a member of the general public asked this. But they asked for um, all uh, types of sexual crime on the transit system at any transit facility, stop stations from January 1st, 2010 to the present date. The city is not going to compile that unless somebody asks, and that, that's actually a very interesting one. I'd like to see the answer to that myself. But the same thing for things like sexual harassment, uh, overspending. I mean, how can you be sure the city, if we're just going to publish everything, how can you be sure they're going to compile the information in a way that's useful? Does it seem as though, and I don't know, maybe some city councillors don't, don't like the media asking these questions, but I mean, do you think there's an unreasonable number of, of FOIP requests being made right now? Uh, I, I overall no. I mean, you know, I'm talking looking up till now. So we're you know we're we're not quite done the year, but so far we're sitting here, and I've got it right on my computer here. There's only been 232 requests in total so far this year. Uh, of those, not even a handful came from the media. So, I mean, this is not like, you know, this is, there's probably uh, more items on your typical council agenda. This is over a t course of a year, and that's, that's kind of typical for a year. There are not a lot of requests made. And for them to be targeting the media, and they have, they, they've publicly stated, Diane Collier-Cart, the reason for bringing this up in the first place was the media are asking too many questions. She said that in a year when there were a total of seven media FOIP requests. That was it. 
These are not a lot of questions being asked, yet somehow they don't want to answer them anymore. They're trying to make it harder to ask or at least take away the motivation to ask. Right. And it's not just the media making FOIP requests. Individuals can make FOIP requests, uh, organizations, advocacy groups. Uh, a lot of people make these requests, right? Well, absolutely. And I mean, that's, you know, one of the great things about our modern era with just endless communications. You have watchdogs who, you know, we're not perfect in the media. We don't think of every question either. So you have watchdog groups. You have, uh, like, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation are great at foiping things and then putting together a release, sending it out to the media, and then we cover it. I mean, it, it is a wonderful system. Political opponents will foip things. I mean, businesses will do it. And this will this could harm businesses, too, because, you know, what those businesses are foiping might be, uh, part of their upcoming business plan, and all of a sudden it's been made public. You know, it, it's kind of, uh, it sounds great, oh, this transparency, and put it all out there. But, you know, it's it's going to serve as a, a major disincentive to a lot of people. Right, so what would be a reasonable compromise in your view? I, I think the current system is fine. I, I'm not sure what they're trying to hide. I mean, the motivation uh, directly from council, and it's been brought up time and time again, is that this will deter the media. That, that worries me. Why do they want to deter the media? You've only got two councillors on that entire city council. That's Drew Farrell, Evan Woolley, who've stood up against this, saying this is a very bad idea. We should be, uh, we should be encouraging investigative journalism. So I, I'm not sure. My, my idea is why are you messing with this system? One of the first things I'll be foiping if this thing does go through is how much is this whole exercise cost? Well, and I think that's a fair question to ask. Now, part of the argument has been for cost uh, that that somehow this this change would would save money. Do, do you think it would? Uh, I I don't think it would. I mean, I think people will still be foiping, and then they're going to have to go through the exercise of putting all this online. Somebody's going to have to be uh, you know archiving this. I, I think it'll end up costing actually a little bit more money. But I think it's the principle, not the cost. I don't think the whole FOIP system has really cost the city that much in the first place. They were talking uh, about a year ago. They they'd done the first six months of the year, and that it cost about three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, let's compare that to uh, you know even investigating the Olympic bid at five million. This isn't a great cost to the city. That's not. Now, would doing so, I guess it still wouldn't identify who made the request in the first place, would it, if, if the information is just suddenly released? But it would, the nature of the request would be known. They break it down right now, and I, I don't know if this would change. I don't believe it would, but it, it's broken down to, like, who made the request, business, general, public, media, things like that. So, you know, you get a very general idea on who's made the, uh, who's asked the information, but uh, I don't know if that's bound to change or not. All right. Well, it you know, it certainly sparked a debate. Um, I, did you get the sense maybe that, that someone on council are having second thoughts about this, just based on, on some of the, the reaction you've seen online? Well, I'll be tuning in to hear what Diane Colley-Urquhart has to say. She certainly didn't want to uh, talk to me about it yesterday, so I'll be very much enjoying what she says to you later on, I think, this hour. Yeah, she's going to join us at one we We'll find out what uh, she has to say then. Michael, thanks for making some time for us here. I appreciate this. Thanks very much, Rob. All right. So there you go. That's Michael Platt, news columnist for the Calgary Sun and Post Media, and a guy who's, who's broken a lot of stories himself. And yeah, part of it is that incentive to, to make a name for yourself, to say, I'm going to get that story. I'm going to break this story wide open. And that gives you reason to want to chase that story. It gives you reason every day that, okay, look, I'm going to spend another day just working on going through these documents, and uh, but, but there's going to be the payoff. I'm going to have that story, and it's going to be big. But the end result is that good, journal- good journalism is being done, and, and the public's being informed about something they need to know about.
But if you take away that incentive, does it take away those stories? Right. So I, I think that is a legitimate concern. If there's less incentive to ask the question in the first place, there's less incentive to dig. There's less incentive to break this news. And is the city hoping that just by dumping vast reams of information, the important details will kind of get lost in the in the avalanche? So I think there's there's some legitimate concern there. Now, Diane Collier-Cart, who has uh, mentioned, will be joining us just after one thirty. Uh, has supported this approach. Maybe she's she's had some second thoughts after hearing some of the reaction to it. But, you know, she's making the point that we need to improve accountability and transparency, and, and that's a good thing. But what's wrong with the system as it stands right now? All right, so I, most of us probably never have or never will make a FOIP request or to understand what it's like to, to navigate that process. But you think about whether it's the media or sometimes uh, you have special interest groups or advocacy groups who uncover information, who, who make news, who break stories. This matters, right? This stuff matters and this work matters. Just think even recently, right? It was digging by the media that, that uncovered these massive uh, moving expenses incurred by two senior members uh, of the, the PMO that became a major story and a major embarrassment for the liberals and might hopefully result in some change going forward in terms of uh, the kinds of expenses that governments are signing off on. You know, had the media not gone digging for that, that never would have been exposed in the first place. And everything would, ju- would have just continued as normal. So I get that people like to bash the media, uh, the media this, the media that. Look, journalists still break stories. Journalists still expose government wrongdoing and government corruption. Journalists are still bringing information to you about how your money is being spent or abused by government. And you look at all the stories that conspired to bring down Allison Redford, justifiably so, I would say. And how much that came from, from journalists digging and finding stories and exposing how money was spent or how resources were abused. Right? We still need that. So we'll hear from Diane Collier-Carr coming up uh, after 1.30. Your thoughts as well, 403-974-8255. That's 403 403- 974 talk you can call us text us at that number and we're back with more right after this afternoons with rob breckenridge starting at 12 30 on news talk 770 calgary